Five, four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season, absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. This is bear weather. Looking forward to the competition and excited about the opportunity. Bears Nation. <laughs> Everything I heard about Justin Fields is true. Yesterday is my first time playing him. And when I say he is a real true highlight film, he's a highlight film. Fields moves in the pocket and gets away. Justin Fields takes off, turns a sack. magnificent out there i'm not gonna lie it's time for the bears nation podcast powered by powered by powered by bet, bet, bet stamp with your hosts kevin lapka and jake hassan okay people tomorrow morning santa's coming in town it's bears nation baby oh my god it's christmas time in hollis queens mom's cooking chicken in collard greens rice and stuff and macaroni and cheese and santa put gifts under christmas trees Welcome, everybody, to a holiday edition of Bears Nation podcast. Happy holidays to all those who celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it may be. We're wishing you guys a great holiday season from all of us here at Bears Nation podcast. Today, myself, Kevin Lapko, alongside Kellen Gerenstein, Jake Hassan, out today. He's doing working, but you know, uh, you know, Kellen and I are going to hold it down for you. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of a little bit of therapy for us for us Bears fans. We're doing Tuesday, <laughs> didn't do it this week, but uh, we'll get at it. Kellen, happy holidays, my man. Are you ready to watch some Bears Bills on Christmas Eve? Negative seventeen degrees. Yeah, uh, build a dome, build a freaking dome. That's man. your statement. I am. I am not of this opinion that the cold weather gives the Bears some home field. It, it does not. It just doesn't. It's this is not nineteen seventy anymore. This is 2022. Let's build a damn dome. There's really no, there's no statistical evidence that proves no, cold weather not. gives you an advantage. There's not. Hey, there's not at all. Like, and it's funny because you know I'm big into the betting space now, right? So then all these betting people are, are trying to use the weather to their advantage to figure out whether there is, you know, weather, weather, getting weather, whether there's really, you know, things to look at. What as as far as uh, cold temperatures, there's nothing. Like there, there's snow yes rain yes but when it comes to pure temperature there's you're not gaining an advantage by it just being cold you're, you're not gonna find any, you're not gonna oh i'm gonna bet this guy to not throw the ball because it's cold that's not a yeah. real thing um yeah. now it's it sucks for the fans and it tickets on StubHub for soldier field bro they have dropped to like nine dollars it's insane. I mean, I get it. Christmas Eve. Are you really, you really want to go? And it's not just like, again, it's not just the fact that it's negative 17 degrees. It's the wind chill, man. We're talking about 40 mm-hmm. mile an hour winds right next to, uh, right next to Lake Michigan. Like, you know how that feels in that stadium. It is not going to be fun for those fans. And it's not going to be fun for the players either. They'll be all right. But uh, I would not want to play as someone who loves the game of football. Ooh. I love playing football. I would not want to play in that weather. I just wouldn't want to do it. What's the coldest you've ever played in? Um, so, Wright State last year uh, in our conference championship game, the snow was sticking to the ground, and the wind chill was probably like ten degrees. Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty cold out there, and you know we don't have like heated benches or space heaters or stuff to heat our helmets. <laughs> we don't have the big jackets. Like, oh, it was rough out there, but we got through it. Uh, and we and it, the 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 ground was frozen, so we ran the ball for like 500 yards of that game. Like, oh I threw I threw maybe three passes. It was, it was pretty cool. Oh my god, that's awesome, dude! It, it, did you go in no sleeves? I went ha- like I had like these quarter <laughs> sleeves, like so. Yeah, I did. Okay, that counts. Pretty- it was pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. I got some that pictures count. from that game. I was oh like, hell yeah! Oh, all right, <laughs> no, dude, those snow pictures are different too, man. Yeah, like, man. Oh, those those are crazy. But yeah, we'll see. I'm sure the entire offensive line will go no sleeves, uh, just because they're crazy. But again, you know, the, you know, they get the coats and they get, you know, the heated gear. Like, I, like it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 it really it's. I think it's. I think the the thing is, it's probably more manageable than people think. Right. Like, oh, how yeah. could you ever play in this? Well, right. you know, when Especially you're an NFL team, billion dollar, yeah. yeah, yeah, billion dollar organizations can pay for whatever the F you need, you know, from a gear perspective, from, you know, an equipment mm-hmm. perspective on the sidelines. So, but nonetheless, not pleasant. And the ground is a very big factor. Like when you, oh, when you hit that ground, like it's might have been what sort of contributed to Jalen Hurts' injury last week. You know, that ground I'm was sure. super hard. 
Uh, Travis Gibson fell on him, and he had you know a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out. Even though Gardner Minshew versus the Cowboys is going to be absolutely electric, um, that'd be exciting. But you know, nonetheless, like I think it's I think it's fun. You know, it's fun to have a game on Christmas Eve. You know, it, it, for whatever it feels a little bit more significant. I don't know why. You know, holiday game. I guess more people are watching. I don't know. You know sitting around with some family watching the game and you're watching you know two quarterbacks go at it two good quarterbacks you know you got josh allen versus justin fields you got a guy on the other side of the field who you think justin fields could become in my opinion could become better than that guy um you know that that's that's just where i stand and josh allen's you know he's had an interesting year you know he started really hot then sort of tapered off a little bit with storm line interceptions wasn't putting up the same numbers and then Kind of getting back to it here the last couple of weeks, specifically in that last game against Miami, which was also a snow game for them uh, in Buffalo. So, again, when you talk about no advantage, yeah, you're playing the Bills who, you know, deal with these conditions more often than you do, you know, up there in uh, in Buffalo, New York, uh, wherever they play. I forget, I forget where. Uh, Orchard Park. Orchard Park. That's what it is. Orchard Park. So, you know, initial initial thoughts, man, like. It, what stands out to you about this game? Like, are you just looking at it like pure blowout, not really excited to watch it? Are you, you, you kind of getting into it? you leaning into it? What are you feeling about this one? No, man, I think it'll be the same kind of thing as the Eagles. The Bears, you know, they have a quarterback that can keep them in the game, um, and he doesn't have the weapons yet to, uh, you know, just like win these kind of games. I mean, we've seen it week mm-hmm. in and week out. The Bears have a lead. Um or they're in the game, like the Pat, you know, we were winning against the Packers. We were winning against the Eagles. We were in the game versus, uh, you know, the Dolphins and whatnot. So we were winning that game by, by a good amount too, but you know, I digress. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just the same kind of thing. Like, I'm never going to say, I hope the bears lose because <laughs> I don't know, the, dude. You say, I, don't know. I know. I know. But it's it's got to be me and you on this. You can't you can't yeah. leave me out to dry because I always feel good because <laughs> you always feel like this too. You know, think about like what it means when the Bears win. Like you just have such a good week. Now it doesn't matter this week because it's the holidays. I'm gonna have a good week anyway. I'm gonna be drinking spiked eggnog, and oh. you know, being around family and all that. Like it's gonna be good. We're we're, we're gonna be fine. Like win lose draw. Uh, but same type of deal. Like let's see Justin Fields. You know, throw the ball, man. Like can we? I don't give a damn who he's throwing to. Like, let's see him throw the ball, and I get, you know, maybe don't drop him back a million times a game, but let's do something. Uh, you know, the Bills don't have Von Miller, but uh, Gregory Rousseau has been solid. AJ Panessa has been solid. Uh, they've got some good players on that D. Trey, Trey White, obviously, coming back from the injury, still really solid corner. So, mm-hmm. uh, same type of deal, man. Just see him take a step forward as a passer, keep him upright. Uh, run the ball. Uh, Khalil Herbert is back, which will be good for everyone. His uh, share of uh, contact for guys like Fields and both and Montgomery uh, will go down. Both Darrington Evans and Trust and Ebner haven't really been solid spellbacks for him, so this will be really good to have him back for this game as far as a competition standpoint. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, this is a Bills secondary that's been, I don't know, relatively vulnerable. I mean, they're still a good secondary, but, you know, they're 22nd in completion percentage and opponent, opponent completion percentage. They are fifth in the league in pass yards per game. Um, but, you know, they, they've been a little bit vulnerable uh, a couple times this year, specifically on the road. Now, again, you know, you, you mentioned it, right? You're without Chase Claypool again. He's doubtful. He's probably not going to play, especially in these conditions. It just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he would be out there. Now, Nikhil Harry, a full participant in practice all week, that's guy where if he's not active this week i got no answers for you i mean i, I quite frankly yeah. don't know why he wasn't active last week and it's obviously more significant in hindsight once eq st brown went down but still you know I, I, why can't he at least be active he's a healthy scratch i have no idea why it makes no sense and you talk about well you know think about guys where if you just want justin to throw the ball but not have it get picked off like again just just have him throw it up to Nikhil harry it's not like this is a foreign concept it's worked there's evidence that it works for you they scored a touchdown on it they had a big play in the i think that was the green bay game on jair alexander that he had the you know the big time catch on the field for like 50 yards and then there was a couple plays you know a couple of seam routes where they targeted him like Nikhil Harry's not going to get separation on Tredavious White. he's not going to get separation on any of the bills corners you know but that's not what he's supposed to do you know, you just throw the ball up, give be a safety blanket for him, and that's quite frankly what he's been. I, you know, it, it's been weird. There have been situations with this offense. I, I have absolutely loved Luke Getzey. If I were to do a grade of him throughout the entire year, I give him an A. You got to give him an A. You just have to. 
for what he's done with this offense and and that and that how far they've come. Um, but the, the thing that I've been most critical about with him is not giving certain guys opportunities when they, in my opinion, either deserve them or when you're at the point where you don't you don't have anything to lose. Like, it, why why what do you gain from not making Nikhil Harry active? Like, this is a guy who's probably not going to be on the team next year. But like, if you are looking to offload money. Right. And say say you're going to trade for T. Higgins and you're looking to offload money. And Nikhil Harry is a playmaker for you in these last couple of games and proved it that when he's on the field, he can be a guy who can go up and get the ball. I could see them keeping him for like a three million dollar contract, two million dollar contract, like another one year deal. I mean, you're gonna give a one year deal to one of these receivers. Why not it be him? Um, you know, the health is a concern if he if he can stay healthy. He's been injured a couple of times this year, but that's a guy, Kellen, who absolutely, in my opinion, needs to be on the field Sunday. And if he is, 100% needs to be utilized because Justin Fields doesn't have many other options. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's just, it, it's so hard because, like, for me to say, yeah, I'd rather him get looks and targets than EQ St. Brown. Like, it's just kind of picking between, like, a garbage can and, I don't know, something else smelly. You know what I mean? But Nikhil Harry hasn't been awful when he's been on the field. I think that he's, I think like if you were to show a Patriots fan, like the couple plays he's made for us, the Patriots fans would be like, well, what the hell? Why didn't he do that stuff for us? True. Even though it hasn't been consistent and he's been hurt and it's not like he's made like six or seven catches in a game yet. He hasn't made that big of an impact. He's just made a couple splash plays and good for him on that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I would just love to, to like supremely upgrade. Uh, and if he's like your wide receiver four next year, if he's your fourth best receiver, I think by all means, depending on who those first three, that's that's a good thing. If he's the fifth, that's also a good thing. Um, I, I, I'm, I've always been a proponent of him moving to like full-time tight end because he's one of the best Ooh. blocking wide receivers in yes. in football. And you know how I feel about Cole Komet, who has had a, a bigger role and has made an impact, but he's just so slow and he just doesn't give you a ton as far as being in a playmaker is he Correct. like he's probably he's yeah. a top 10 tight end in the nfl right now because the tight end position is lacking in consistency and a guy who can do a lot right. of things he's someone that can at least chip a defensive end he's someone that can be a safety valve he can run block he can be an extra guy in the pass uh, as a pass blocker you know he he can do like different things as a tight end. That's, but he doesn't do any of them great. Like you might not even be able to say he does any of them good. He does a bunch of things above average, you know, but Nikhil Harry gives you more juice as a tight end. He doesn't give you a lot of juice as a receiver, not a lot of separation there, but if you can try and, you know, just move him completely, Ohio state has done that with G Scott this year, who was a high four star receiver and he's full-time tight end now gotten a much better as a run blocker. Uh, has gotten a few looks in the past game as a pass catcher. So not saying that they should do what Ohio State has done, but I'm just saying if they want to find a role for him for next year and say, like, we just didn't see enough from you, but we want to bring you back, fuck, man, move him to tight end. I'd rather see him get those those tight end reps than Ryan Griffin, you know? 100%. Just my it's, opinion. Right before you said that, I was looking up, like before you even mentioned the tight end thing, I was looking up the height and waiting to kill Harry versus Cole Komet. Now it's worth noting Cole Komet is – a significantly bigger guy than most tight ends in the league. He's a significantly meatier guy. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty heavy. He's 260, right? He's 660. That's why he's so damn slow, though. Exactly. Like, you can't. And look, I, I you know, I'm back in on Cole Komet. Like, that's a guy who's an asset for your team now. But he's not, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to to expect and want a Travis Kelsey, a Mark Andrews, a George Kittle, a Kyle Pitts, right? Like, these guys are, are rarities in the league. And quite frankly, you don't need one of those guys to get to the promised mm-hmm. land. Does it help? Yes. You don't need it. You know, mm-hmm. Bills are doing it with Dawson Knox, who's you know perfectly fine. Uh, and that's actually interesting. Look at Dawson Knox's height and weight, because that's a guy who's pretty small. I bet Nikhil Harry is probably about the same exact size as Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is 6'4", 254. So he's about 25 pounds heavier than Nikhil Harry. But if they were to flex Nikhil Harry to that position, part of the off, off-season training program would be, hey, we need to get 15 to 20 pounds on you. You know, to get you up to an optimal tight end size, you know, you're already not the fastest guy, but even if you do add the 20, 15, 20 pounds, you'll probably still be faster than Cole Komet and still be faster than a majority of tight ends in the league. It is a very interesting proposition to follow. When's the last time it's happened? I, I can't, not for the Bears, but around the league. I'm trying to think of another notable situation where a guy this late in his career has flexed into 
to go from wide receiver to tight end. If you guys in the chat can think of any, drop them in there and we'll reference them. Uh, help us out here. But it, it's something to follow because it's like, you know, we're, like for most people, whether you watch football alert or not, whether you played it, whether you were an athlete or not, like when you watch Nikhil Harry run, he looks like a tight end. He runs yeah, like a tight he end. Does. He, he he does. Like it's, it, it's just the way he is. And, you know, it, it's not a bad thing. Like at this point in his career, if you're if you're saying, oh, well, he's moving to tight end, like hey, career done, he's not a wide receiver anymore. What's his value? At this point, you're just trying to make something out of nothing. I mean, that's really what you're trying to do. It's not a bad thing at all. And if anything, it's probably a good thing for him, even if he's not a bear right. after 2022. Like he could probably find a role somewhere else, at least as a tight end, too. But you know, if you're not gonna take a, a tight end in the draft, which when you think about the amount of knees that this team has, I don't think tight end is up there on the list. Then yeah, if he can flex into your tight end too, and you can say bye bye to Ryan Griffin, who had like one snap on Sunday and it was a false <laughs> start, and Trayvon Wesco, who you know has been hurt a little bit, then I'm all in. So interesting, interesting point. I think I just think it's too late. It's obviously too late to the season. To like I think you have to do it in the off season, right? You yeah. can't mid season change a position. Yeah, that has to be a conversation between him and a coach, or him, a coach, and Ryan Poles or Ian Cunningham, whoever it may be. Like hey, like. If Nikhil Harry says, I want to stay on this team, that might be a thing where they say, well, we don't think you can play receiver, but we'll give you a shot at tight end if you can do this, this, and this in the offseason for us. You know, that's probably, so it's probably like a non-guaranteed contract, right? They give him like a year and, you know, whatever amount of it isn't guaranteed. It's based on the principle that he puts on X amount of weight and maintains that weight and maintains X amount of speed. But if he does that, like, I don't know. Maybe we're oversimplifying it. Maybe it's just not that easy in the NFL, and it's probably not. But, you know, just from an outsider perspective, I just feel like why wouldn't you try and find value in a guy like that unless you plan on taking a tight end in the draft, which, you know, I wouldn't want them to do unless they really like the guy late, you know, especially with the cap situation that we have. Throw yeah. a guy 1.5, 2, 3 million. It's fine. I, I mean, the thing is, like, you already mentioned him being a phenomenal blocker. You know what? What else would you? What else would we have to learn? You know what? Yeah. Like, there's not like he like. There's different techniques when you're blocking corners down the field versus blocking Micah Parsons or, or chipping right. Micah. You know, chipping and head rush. Like there's there's different techniques. But if you're given five months of a full off season uh, for a guy who's already got a pretty good base foundation of how to block, yeah, I think uh, I, I think he could be just fine. Shane him in the chat saying tickets down to ten dollars. Yeah, but I said they were down to nine. Probably get them tomorrow or Saturday morning for like five. Uh, if you guys in the chat are attending the game, let us know. That is that is batshit crazy. I want to know what you're wearing to that game and how you're preparing for it. They said the the Bears sent out an email to all the fans that telling them how to prepare and all this stuff, and it's gonna be crazy. At least there won't be any snow. The snow will be done. It's snowing right now as we're recording this. And if you're listening to this in podcast form, probably about you know six seven inches of snow by your place. But uh, well, if you're in Chicago. Uh, there's a ton of our listeners who don't even live in this country. So apologies for that. Um, but more on this game, right? So, you know, again, Justin Fields versus, versus Josh Allen. That's the storyline. Um, what, you know, I, I said last week, in my honest opinion, I thought that Justin Fields outplayed Jalen Hurts, given context, right? Given the uh, what each player had to their disposal uh, mm-hmm. in that game, considering the receiving core, and it's not going to change much this week again with the injuries to Claypool. Uh, what are you expecting out of Justin again uh, in this game? Right? It, you know, you talked about the ground being so hard, but we've made all these narratives of oh, because of this reason, because of this reason, he's not going to run as much, and he still does, whether he's injured or not. He's going out there and he's rushing for ninety yards each game. You know, I know you mentioned that they're going to pass a little bit more. In in your opinion, do you think because of these conditions, for any reason, and because of how hard the ground is going to be, and because you're playing a pretty pretty fast Bills defense, that they're not going to run as much as they typically do with Justin? Yeah, I, I would hope so. Um, you know, because you want to avoid a Jalen Hurts thing, even though it's late in the season and. If they shut him down, we would all be upset because we wouldn't be able to watch him anymore, but we would all understand yeah. why they did that, you know? I, I I think for him, as far as, like, seeing what we want to see going forward, it's hard to evaluate him as a drop-back passer because his guys just aren't open and the pressure mm-hmm. is getting there so quickly. And when he does have time and when guys are open, he is making those plays. For him, I think it's just making easy things easy. and 
sometimes there was a little bit of an issue at Ohio State, like a very tiny one. But for him now, it's like, you know, like the quick screens. Like I'm I, like I talk shit on Zach Wilson because he like he throws bubble screens and shit like that in the dirt. And but his like quality of misses are very, very poor. For Justin Fields, I think it's just like a thing where he feels rushed and you know, just kind of like right. Mahomes will hit those throws 10 times out of 10 and he's Mahomes and that's fine. But like for Justin, it's like a six out of 10, seven out of 10 thing. And in the NFL, like you want to try and make in a long handoff, you want to try and make those screens, stuff like that. Like 10 out of 10, every time it's a long handoff, we're just extending the ball out four yards. Let my receiver try and make a play, get a first down, right? Like the fourth down throw to Dante Pettis on uh, the out route. Like Justin should make that throw. He's made that throw. There's no reason for him to not mm-hmm. make that throw. He just missed. And guys miss. It happens. It happens. Um, but that's something that you want to see him eliminate is don't let easy things be hard, right? Just make easy things easy. Trust your feet. Trust your guys. I know it's hard out there because his team is not very good. And a lot of those guys probably won't be back next year or they won't be contributors next year. So, like I said, don't think there's going to be a big drop back game because of the win, because of the Bills pass rush and you know, the Bears being banged up as usual, the ground being super hard. Don't let Justin take big hits in this weather. So hopefully quick game is there, and hopefully we see improvement in that. That's a good point because he makes the hard things look easy so often. You know what he I mean? Does. And, and and you're right. You know, and it's it's like because he does that, we don't uh, we don't look at the easy things that he makes look hard as anything significant, as we as you really shouldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to become that top five quarterback, top three quarterback in the league that he very well could become, then yeah, like those easy things are going to have to be 100%. So that's that's yeah. a great point. And, and you know, it, it's been impressive, man. Like Justin Fields, highest passer rating of any passer that had played the Eagles, you know, this past, uh, you know, this, this entire year, last week with 119.2. You know, he, he lit up the Dolphins, whose defense isn't, you know, isn't great, but it's certainly not bad. Lit up the Patriots, who's locked down a ton of quarterbacks, specifically at home. Like, it seems to be that his play has been transcendent of the opponent and how good their defense has been, which is, again, a testament to making the hard things look easy. You know, there's not a lot of guys that can do that. Like, if you can get to a point where each week when it comes to 2023, and you're talking about next year, the opponent's talent level on defense isn't as significant, you know, to, to your quarterback's success. Like that means a lot because it felt like for years and for decades for this team, like you only had a chance if you were playing a bad defense. And the moment you ran into a good defense, you just, your, your quarterback just wasn't good enough to, to beat them yeah. in any way. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't have the talent to overcome the, ta- the, the Dallas game. What a great example. You know, he, he, one of the best games of the year for him against the best defense in the NFL that also sacked him like seven times in that game. Like it just, I don't, I've gotten to this point already with him where I look at this game and I look at the Eagles game. You know, I predicted them to score 29 points in that game. They only ended up scoring 20. Um, and I'm like, I, I, like, it, there's no drop-off for me. There was no drop-off in total points scored because of how good the defense was. Like, that's that's where I'm at with them. And, yes, it's going to make a difference. Like, in the future, like, obviously, playing a bad defense versus a really good defense, like, there's, there's probably going to be some sort of difference. But when I think about it, when I evaluate it, I don't – like, I'm not fearful of those teams as much anymore because I know the quarterback that you have can overcome that with ease, regardless of who's out on the field. And that is an yeah. incredible, incredible quality, incredible, incredible thing to feel. Like, that's what Chiefs fans feel like. And When's the last time the Bears lost a game that Justin Fields started by more than a more than a one score? Do we know? Obviously, Packers not kind of Packers game was more game. than one score. It doesn't count because... Uh, yeah, that, was, that doesn't count. Besides, um, the, other, besides the Packers game. I don't think there's but, been one. Uh, the first Packers game. The first Packers game was also a two-score game, I think. Right? Yeah, the first, Packer, the first Packers game was 27 to 10, I think. All right. Well, like their schedule. Cowboys, Dolphins, Eric Cush, Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cowboys. Thank you, Eric That's Cush. what it was. Who, you know, again – our team. very hot football team. Yeah, they're a lot better football team than we are. But that, And that was a game where the defense gave up 49 points. So it's only been the Cowboys and the first Packers game because the Giants game was 20-12. to One-scoring game. Yep. Uh, Vikings game was a one-score game. Smith-Marset. Shout out to Marset. Then we won against 
the Patriots. Patriots. And then Commanders was before that. Commanders was before that, that we lost 12 mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. Should have won that game. Kind of happy we didn't now, but in the in the meantime, I was upset. Yeah, so I mean, like we're in all, we're in every single game. We're in every single game, and we and we have played, we have played a better schedule than we thought it would have been. The Giants and the Commanders are both better than we thought they would be. Correct at the beginning of the year, the Eagles are the best team in football and are playing like it. Um, the Cowboys, obviously, we just said how that game went, but at halftime, looked like the Bears could have been right there, and who knows what happens? You know, a couple of things don't go, you know, the way they went as far as the Bayless Jones drop and uh, Justin Fields tagging Michael Parsons when he's down, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a bunch of what ifs. But the, the the fact of the matter is, like, you're right, Kevin. Like, for once, we have an offense that can – that the offense keeps us in the game, not the, you know, the defense before. Yep. To, the defense was the, the, the side that did that. Um, guys, like, I look back at 2018 – and there were like the Cardinals game where we won like 14 to nine or same thing with the, the 49ers game. Like there were so many games where it was just like we did not score points and the defense saved right. And we were all like, Matt, Nagy, Matt, Nagy, Matt. And Vic Fangio was easily, easily the reason that that team did what it did. That's such a good point. That is such a good point. We were all rah, 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 coach of the year. Like that's why I'm saying, and this is why. Look at the New York Giants and Brian Devil. That's all I'm going to say. That is all I am going to say is everyone was so high on him earlier in the year because they were winning. They're not putting up a ton of points, right? But they were mm-hmm. winning, and they're still winning. You know, eight, five, and one. They're probably on a good track to make the playoffs. Probably going to get bounced in the first round. He might win coach of the year. I'm just saying for you, New York Giants fans, we've seen this. Don't, don't get too excited. Don't get too because then they're gonna you know what they're gonna do then they're gonna play the oh you know it, it, it's Daniel Jones isn't good enough get another guy in and if that doesn't work for them then you're gonna know what the problem is so I don't mm-hmm. know I just I just think that's a very very interesting situation something else that popped in my mind when you're talking about the schedule maybe we should stop evaluating strength of schedule at the beginning of the season as much as we do you know because yeah, I. Should. One of the significant reasons why I thought this could be a nine to ten win team is they were the second easiest strength uh, strength of schedule in the league. I was like, oh, they're going to run through some of these teams. And then all of a sudden, the New York Giants are really good. All of a sudden, the Commanders are really good. All of a sudden, you know, the Cowboys the are doing better than what we thought. The Dolphins, mm-hmm. right? The, the Eagles. Like, it just clicks for all these teams. And you're going to end up at the end of the year with one of the toughest schedules. And the, the Jets, one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. After you're supposed to have the second easiest. So yeah. maybe we have to start, you know, putting as much into it uh as far as strength of schedule when we evaluate the records for these i just think that's a really really interesting thing to look at you know and even the patriots i mean they're they're on pace to to make the play. well they were until jacoby myers threw that pass backwards what oh man so much for getting jacoby myers in free agency <laughs> no, I, I, I will say there's been a lot of people who said that and i don't agree with that like it doesn't mean jacoby myers is a bad player everyone makes mm-hmm. bone-headed plays it happens he's still really good and not really good he's still good but the bears should not be spending money on jacoby myers and not because of that play against vegas it's just what what do you gain from spending money on jacoby Myers? you don't gain anything he's not a wide receiver one he's not i mean not even better than darnell mooney I, no I don't think he is, but a lot of a lot of Patriots fans who made this TikTok in the summer think Hedrick Bourne is better than Darnell Mooney. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stitch that. They all thought Mac Jones was a good quarterback too, though. So yeah, exactly. You know, their opinion Because here's the problem with Patriots fans, man. They've seen the miracle happen so many. You know, oh, you know, we've seen all. You know, Tom Brady's sixth rounder. Like, if he can be good, then surely, surely Mac can be good. And mm-hmm. and all these seventh undrafted <laughs> people who just become great in their organization. Like, oh, every player is. Is going to be great. Who's you know ever drafted? Like it's so spoiled out there in New England. Um, they are. So let's let's talk Pro Bowl a little bit. Um, we did this on Monday of whether Justin Fields would make the Pro Bowl or not. Whether any of the Bears make the Pro Bowl. The returns came in yesterday on Wednesday or December twenty first. No Bears made it. No Justin Fields. Uh, which I just I, let's start there. Because I know you're going to have some thoughts on this. So the quarterbacks they made in the NFC, you have, of course, Jalen Hurts, locked to make it. Cannot be upset about that. You know, Smith, well, you know, had a hot start to the season. and has really tapered off. 
but his team is 500. They're in the playoff hunt. I think are they are they seven and eight now? They. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know what. The, well, I don't think they can be. Um, I don't think they can be because there has not been 15 games played yet. So I think they're only seven and seven. Uh, I think they did lose last week. I forget who they played. I think they seven played Thursday seven. night against. They played Thursday night against San Francisco for an ash. Anyway, Geno yeah. Smith, he makes it. And of course, Kirk, they just they just throw Kirk Cousins in there because they're eleven and three or ten and four, whatever the f they are. I don't care whatever their record is. They could be fourteen and zero, and I'd still call them the most fraudulent team in NFL history. Did Justin Fields deserve to get in, Callan? You tell me. Um, Unbiased opinion, objective opinion here. Yeah, yeah. I, we all know how this works, right? Like we all know how <laughs> Pro Bowl voting works. If Justin Fields was on the Vikings, would they be just as good? Probably, yeah. Like Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. Yeah, they they probably would be. Imagine Justin Fields with Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, man. If you watch the, if you watch, if you watch the games, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people who vote on the Pro Bowl don't watch all of, and it's hard. Like, there's a lot of football games that happen. You can't watch everything, and you can't watch every moment of everything. <laughs> But Justin Fields has been pretty damn good this year. Did I expect him to make it over Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith? No, but should he have made it over Kirk Cousins? Probably, yeah, probably. As far as giving context to what Justin Fields has done, defensive coordinators now, after the Patriots game, prepare every week for his legs, Mm -hmm. and every week the same thing happens. He does things that you can't prepare for. You can't tackle him. You can't – we saw the Packers. They literally perfectly gap exchanged on his own read, and he just made whoever that nickelback was miss, and he ran away from everyone. We saw the Eagles, one of the best and most sound defenses in the league. They can tackle him. They couldn't tackle – like, he just does things that you can't coach. And Kirk Cousins is very good at executing what – this is the chef versus the baker argument when you're a baker and i'm making cake i'm making brownies i'm making cookies i do exactly what the recipe tells me to and it comes out great right i put x amount of flour i put x amount of sugar eggs milk whatever in there right if i stray from that if i put add an extra egg if i add an extra cup of milk or take away a stick of butter it doesn't come out you can't stray from the recipe because then it will come out bad when you're a chef if you want to add more garlic powder Add more garlic powder, and it will mm. and it will come out how you want it to. If you're a chef and you want to add a couple of shots of hot sauce, you do that, and it comes out better. Justin Fields is a chef. Kirk Cousins is a baker, and it, bakers work fine sometimes. Ba- bakers are good enough to get you. It's funny that Baker Mayfield, haha. Bakers are good enough to get you to the Super Bowl. We saw it with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. You need a chef to win a Super Bowl, and obviously, this is why everyone thinks the Vikings are frauds. Wow! Round of applause. What an analogy. That was great. I didn't make that up. I learned that from someone. I don't remember who it was, but I didn't make that up. But I, it stuck with me because it's true, right? It's very true. Yeah. You did a good job of explaining it. And, and what you said that stood out to me in the beginning was, and he's a guy you can't game plan for. And those are the guys that, you know, that win Super Bowls, man. Those, those are the guys that are the best quarterbacks in the league. You can't game plan for Patrick Mahomes. You can't. You can't game plan for Josh Allen. You could try your best, but they're going to make plays that just you can't comprehend. You know, yeah. can't really, couldn't at times game plan for Tom Brady because he's just smarter than everyone. And he was going to just figure out what you were trying to game plan him uh, against him. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the Bears game plan against him multiple times in his career and shut mm-hmm. him down like every year <laughs> until this year, really. Like, mm-hmm. easy, done, fine. That's such a good point. Yes, I think Justin Fields should have been in the Pro Bowl conversation. Now, I, I don't like. I don't. I wouldn't say I expected it. Again, just because of the fact, like it's very rare you'll see a team at three and eleven have a Pro Bowl quarterback. You know, right, it's, just, right. it's just hard. Um, but you know, it's interesting because I actually I, I forgot we talked about this on Monday. The other sixty six percent of the vote is thirty three percent. It's one third players, one third coaches. So you're getting voted. I had always thought, you know, it's all pro that is voted on by the pundits and the pro football writers of AP, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but pro, I didn't know. I forgot that the other 66 percent 
was his peers. And the reason why I thought it was interesting is because every single week, after every single week, you know, a lot of these guys have podcasts now. You know, you see Jason mm-hmm. Kelsey uh, and Travis Kelsey with their mm-hmm. awesome stuff, and Darius Slay has one. Every single player that plays against Justin Fields goes on their podcast on Monday and Tuesday and lauds about how good he is. Every single one. And the coach, after the game, does the same thing. Everyone remembers the mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel. Well, he's not the only one. Bill Belichick did it. You know, this guy has gotten the utmost respect from everyone. And the other thing where, you know, the, the players and coaches' uh, input comes in is that NFL Top 100 list they do. Justin Fields 100% going to be on that list. 100%. He should. If he's um, not, we have to riot. <laughs> we have to riot. That would be absolutely absurd. But mm-hmm. just interesting. You know, it, just interesting. And again, it doesn't mean that much because Justin Fields is going to be a pro bowl over probably five straight years now. Like, it, it doesn't – if he missed out on this year, it's probably not a big deal. Uh, right. But, you have uh, Eddie Jackson did not make it. He was very upset about it. Uh, he was reposting. You know, we made a graphic at the score of he was the leading vote getter after the first returns. Um, but they pulled him off the ballot because IR players cannot. You cannot vote for them. You cannot vote for a player who's been put on IR, uh, which is just flood. Because someone that he was saying in his Instagram post, there was another free safety, another safety that missed seven games but got elected to the Pro Bowl but was never put on IR. And he's like, mm-hmm. this is stupid. He's like, he's missed three games. I got put on IR, but I didn't get in because I was put on IR. But another guy missed more games than me, but he got in because he wasn't put on IR. That's just a right. stupid rule. It doesn't exist in any other sport. It doesn't exist in the NBA. It doesn't exist in the NHL. I don't even know how the NHL does their thing. It certainly doesn't exist in the MLB. Uh, really, really interesting. It makes absolutely no sense uh, on that end. And it was funny. Tyreek Hill tweeted today. He's like, if you're not going to do t- uh, tackle anymore in the Pro Bowl, he actually was, you know, suggesting that they put it in the middle of the season like the NBA does, uh, you know, with yeah. the All-Star break. To me, that's just not possible because they yeah, give, just, yeah. you know, but, but here, so here's where it is interesting. You know, we, we've so frustrated this year by the Bears having the week 14 by, I think I brought this stat up uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I can't even remember if I read it off, but I put it in my notes. Like, I think there were six teams that have. Uh, is this, is it here? I'm looking for it. There are six teams that had, uh, week 14 buys and like five of them are losing teams. Like it's, a, it's significant. Like, yeah. obviously we know the health of your players has a significant impact on your team. So if you were to do a mid season all-star or, or pro bowl, it would be an extra week of rest for them. But I don't think the NFL wants to lose out on a week of ratings and stuff because it doesn't right. it doesn't even compare to the NBA All Star Game and the and three point contests and all the things they do so and that would eventually push the season back. But then if that happened, okay, here's the other thing: if that happened, if that would happen, if they were to add an extra week, and I saw some woman made a TikTok about this about how the NFL can can change so that the day after the Super Bowl is a day off for all of us who want the Monday after Super Bowl off. If you add an extra day, it would only apply to the kids because in the working world, no one fucking gets President's Day off. But if you had an extra week, the Super Bowl would be a week later, and President's Day would come on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, to all the college kids and all the high school and all the people under eight or under 22. That's a, that's a, that's a good idea, because I never wanted to go to the – who wants to stay up till yeah. 9, 10 o'clock and then has to has a bedtime? Like, it was stupid. Well, it was always- I know. It was, and, like, you know, it's it's the buzz of the Super Bowl. Like, people have parties, and, it, you, you know, you're watching clips of the game afterwards. Like, you just – I don't know. It's just like it's an event. It's like a daily. Like it's the Super Bowl, man. Like if yeah. you were to if you were to put the Super Bowl as a holiday, where would you rank it among your holidays? If you were to if you were to put the Super Bowl as a holiday, so you got Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Fourth uh, of July, St. Patrick's Day. If the Super Bowl, if we're considering it a holiday, what would you put it above? I'd put it at three behind Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'd put it at two behind Christmas. Not a big Thanksgiving yeah. guy. Come on, nah, man. Nah, nah. I like I I I Thanksgiving is up there for me, man. Thanksgiving is good. It's because of its association with football and you love football. Correct. You love watching football on Thanksgiving. I was always a Halloween type of kid, like Halloween and Christmas were my favorite too as a kid, but yeah, I would the suit like did you see how Argentina was celebrating their World Cup yeah. victory? 4 million like, people on the streets at Buenos Aires. And obviously that will never happen because there's no like one. I mean, New York and L.A. are massive and they're bigger than everything else. But like and America will probably even if we do win a World Cup, like would we go out and do what they did? No, probably not. But let's say it was football. Let's say everyone took 
American football as serious as we do, or as serious as they do soccer. If, if America, and it was competitive, and we didn't win every time, if we won an American football World Cup, we would pro- no one would go to work. No one would. It would be like the Queen dying, like how yeah. they how how Great Britain got home. It would be like that. It would be like that. Yeah, Imagine how Chicago is going to be when the Bears win the Super Bowl. It might like I don't know when they would have that parade, and it's going to be February. It's going to be cold as hell. The windshield could be how it's going to be on Saturday. Everyone is going to be at that damn parade. Everyone in the city who has ever worn blue and orange will be at that damn parade. It's going to be awesome. I mean, it'll be like how the Cubs was, but Chicago's a Bears town, right? It's a Bears town. So, I think they said the Cubs parade had, I want to say it was 3 million. Really? Something like that. How many people? And I was there. Were you there? No, I wasn't. You're not a Cubs I should have been. I had a bunch uh, of socks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. The internet says 5 million. No, there's no way. That would mean like, if all if the whole entire population of the state of Chicago went to that parade and yeah. then did actually and then everyone in the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that's know. there's that, there's no way it was five million. But yeah, if the Bears won, like you would get people traveling from all over to come to that. You would yeah. like it, it, they would shut that city down for days. And I'm just envisioning now Justin Fields on the top of that that bus <laughs> holding that fucking trophy. Oh my god, it's gonna be glorious. And uh, you know, did you see you see, Argentina's going to put Messi on their $1,000 bill. Yeah, $1,000 bills. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're considering it. I was like, if Chicago has a currency and Justin Fields brought this city a Super Bowl, that man should be on the t- – put him – I don't know. Put him on the – make a poster and put him on the Sears Tower. Like, I don't I, – I, Yeah. He, did, he, he would – he would – yeah, they would, they would drape something like over the river or I, I don't know. What's like a big <laughs> building? Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. You know what they should do is like, I don't, is it the Aeon building? So whatever Aeon's building in the, or the Blue Cross yeah. building where they have, they leave the oh, lights yeah. on. They should be like, Fields is him. That's what is- they do. Fields <laughs> yeah, is yeah, him. Yeah, or, yeah. or Justin Fields. Something like that. It should be Fields is cool. him. Oh, they will. Oh, they will. They, they did something like that for the Cubs. They do that for everything. I think you just remove the bean and then just put a statue of Justin Fields right there. Oh, 100%. It's amazing how everyone in Chicago does like we don't care for the bean. It's such a tourist attraction and it's so overrated. No I, one cares for the bean. Like I don't I, I everyone's like, "Oh, go to see the bean." Why? It's a yeah. it's a bean. I don't yeah. Uh, what? It's, yeah. I mean, you're in a cool know. part of the city. It's got a good view from there, but like I don't. I, There's so many better attractions in the city, and it's free, I guess, right? Like you just go downtown and you just walk there. But like, I don't know, sit around and watch the Bucket Boys play. Go to the observatory at the Hancock or the Sky Deck. Yeah, dude. Do something. Don't just go to a mirror. <laughs> don't just go to a mirror. <laughs> it's just a giant 3D mirror. That's all it's it a is. Giant 3D mirror. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it for the Instagram. Gotta tag it. Oh, I'm a yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've really ventured off here. So it, it is again. It's the holiday season again for those listening on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I don't know why you're listening to us on Christmas Day. Go open presents and enjoy time with your family, or if you're if you're uh, celebrating Hanukkah or whatever, you know. But we appreciate you, all of you, uh, in in the video stream and the the podcast form for listening to us as much as you do. Much love. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of I I, I wrote up some this or that holiday edition. Uh, for us here, some some football related holiday things here uh, to see where we're going. Maybe we'll make him do a TikTok. Uh, I've been kind of lazy on that. I don't want Kellen to get hurt before holiday season by our our TikTok followers. But yeah, you turned out to be right about a lot of these takes you had back in summer. I gotta say, you you commented on that wide receiver rankings list pretty spot on. I was you pretty, had, you I was, had it. That was pretty good. They should listen. And, and the Justin Fields faster than Lamar take that surely was was correct. And mm-hmm. that one blew up. So uh, good on you. Okay, let's start with this. You know, I don't know. Are you big into the – you're not huge into the NBA, right? Uh, I mean, I know the superstars are like – you know, we could talk about it though. NBA Christmas or NFL Christmas? What is better? The three NFL Christmas, Christmas or NFL – NFL Christmas like, because it's not even close for me between NFL Thanksgiving and NBA Christmas. But now mm-hmm. that the NFL is consistently doing Christmas games, whether they, they, whether they fall on Sunday or not, they're going to mm-hmm. do these three Christmas games every year, I think. Uh, what are you taking? I would always take football over basketball. 
So in a NFL Christmas, I think the NBA does a good job of putting their best players on Christmas. I don't know who's playing this year, but I'm sure it's like, you know, Giannis, Jokic, and the Sixers with Embiid, and probably I don't know if the Lakers because yeah. the Lakers stink, yeah. but you know, it, and then like Ja and who else is good? Uh, maybe the Nets. I don't know, but they do a good job of putting those guys on Christmas. But I'm always going to take football. I think the. Uh, is it the Eagles, Cowboys? Are they on Christmas? Or are they on? No, nope, they're they're they're. I, I'm pretty sure they're Saturday night. Um, that's the Christmas that's cool too, tough. though. Saturday night watching the Eagles, Cowboys is like that's cool too. Like think about that, you know. Christmas Eve night, yeah, that's actually going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the Christmas games, I believe the Steelers play. You might get a little Mitch action on Christmas Eve. I'm not sure if Kenny Pickett's back, but. Little Mitch action Christmas Eve. You got no Cowboys Eagles are uh the, three twenty five. The, the America's the game of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course it is. Uh because they have to Packers Dolphins is the first game, which actually isn't gonna be a terrible game anymore. And the Packers yeah. are somehow in playoff contention. But then you have Broncos Rams. Oh my that sucks. god. I, I'm not watching I I mean I'm gonna watch the game. See, that's the thing about and the then, NFL, like you're gonna watch the game. And then Bucks cards. Bucks cards. Which is yeah, only relevant because of Tom Brady. I, and you know the fact that that's the fact that one of these teams in the NFC South has to get in is just blasphemous. You're telling yeah. me the foul like they're all bad. They're and all the Falcons terrible. aren't even eliminated. Like they're five and nine, not even eliminated. Absurd. Yeah. Uh, Kellen's taking NBA or NFL Christmas. So am I bet you I. the ratings for the NFL will be better on Christmas than the NBA because even though are. like the quality of games is just considerably worse, football is just a better <laughs> game than basketball is. It is, and it, it just reigns supreme. It's a, just a better thing to have on if you got family over. It's just everyone cares about it. It's it's more entertaining to watch, again, even if the, the teams are bad. Like, in the NBA this year, too, you know, I follow it closely. All these games are blowouts, man. Like, all of these games are – they're never yeah, close. I've, I've, I remember seeing that on Twitter. People are complaining about it. Like It's bad, the man. The parody it's is like, not there this year. It's not. And, and, like, it's weird because the standings don't really reflect that. Like, it's not – like there's a significant drop off between the top eight teams and the bottom eight teams. But also like if I get Broncos Rams, even if it's three to three at the final fourth quarter, like I'd have that. I'd rather watch that. Even if they've scored six points all game, I'd rather have just have a mm-hmm. close game. Like that's what you look for as a fan for teams that you don't root for. You look for close games. Like everyone does that. So uh, let's hope we get that. Okay. I got another one for you here. You know, I don't know how many snow and rain games you've played for played in, but what would you rather play in a snow game with zero degree temperatures or negative or a rain game? That's like a 70 degree temperature game. What would you rather play? Oh, rain hundred percent. Oh, come on. You never want to play in the snow. Come on. I, I, Kevin, at the beginning of the broadcast, I, I said right at the end of the third quarter, what I was talking about, the right state game, it was snowing. Let me, let me, you know what? I'll find a picture of it the next time you're in the middle of a monologue and I'll pull it up. So at the end of the third quarter, we're all freezing. We're, we're <laughs> up big, we're up big, but there's no running clock in the postseason. So I pulled my team together, you know, gallant leader, all type of that shit. And I pull them in and I, I tell them like, you know, and I've got to yell because I'm cold. So this is an, this is an escape for me to warm myself up. Cause when it's, when you, mm-hmm. when it's cold and you start yelling, it's like a, you know, warm yourself. So I'm telling them like, this is a game that we all want to play in as a kid, like fight for one more quarter. And we're going to have a championship. We're going to have a trophy. Da, 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 da. After that game, I'm so happy that I got to experience that, but I never want to do it again. Every time you touch the ground, you're frozen, like, and your body is wet and it's cold and windy. It, it's like having a wet suit that doesn't warm you. I don't know. It's it's so mm-hmm. bad. Um, and I just you can throw the ball in the rain. It might be tough, but you can throw it. So I would take a rain game, man. It, it's <laughs> fun. It, everyone loves to like when you when you play Madden or something. You make the settings in a play now game like you know you you make it cold and and snowy, right? And then you play in it, and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I literally had that in my notes. It's like in Madden, I will I change it to snow every single time. Yeah. It's fun when you're a kid because you're wearing snow pants and you're wearing a coat. You're not exposed yeah. like you are when you're playing. Yeah. You got gloves on. You you know, you're fumbling the football every two seconds. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is, though. I mean, so, yeah. like, it's tough. Uh, that's good. Uh, I got a couple other ones here. Uh, this one not re- really related to football. Would you rather get a bunch of smaller presents or one big present? 
I gotta go with the smaller ones. Or one big present. Bunch of small ones. That's what I'm going with. I would I would probably agree. Um yeah. From a valuation standpoint, you know, what you get out of each one is probably greater than what you get out of the big one. Unless you get like a car. Then then that's right. Who's getting right. a car? Right. Kids I'd probably sub. take the smaller ones too. Like, you know, like an outfit here. Pair of socks here, maybe a, a small little watch, you know, like a decent little watch there. You know, I'd probably take that. Nice aftershave or cologne, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, We're on the same that. page with that one. We are yeah. on the same page. I think there's a lot of people that disagree, though. You know, there's nothing like opening up that PS5. You know what I mean? <laughs> Brand new PS5. Wow. That would be cool, too. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> me and you are, we're grown like we only hop on the game like every so often, you know. Oh come on, bro! What you mean, dog? What you mean? I'll be on that shit right after this. Come on, bro! You hop on this. If you were to recruit Santa, would you put him at offensive line or defensive line? If I were to recruit Big Santa, is he better than? Uh, is he better than Sam Mustafer? Would you rather have Sam Mustafer at center or Santa Claus? I'd probably put him at D line. I'd put him at three tech because he has to like he gets skinny through every chimney. So imagine like you're running like a you maybe you could even put him at like a base five. You know, like imagine you're running a T stunt right, but your left guard is really good at like redirecting and getting over to the stunt. Imagine Santa coming around the stunt and getting skinny, right, and then getting back square and getting to the quarterback. I think I have to put him on D, on the D line. He's putting <laughs> <laughs> that was so much more of an elaborate explanation than I expected. I love it. You really, like, the chimney. He's got to get thin. You know, yeah, like, man. He, he absorbs the heat of the he's fire. He definitely has too. light. He has to have light feet because otherwise, everyone would hear him in the house, and no one ever catches Santa. So quick, nimble, light feet. He's quick. I'm gonna have him on the D one. Would you rather have him or Justin Jones? Justin Jones is a good player. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. He doesn't deserve that strike. Justin Jones doesn't deserve that strike. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give that to Justin. I, he doesn't deserve that. He's a player who's gonna actually be. He's gonna be an important player for the next year. Maybe not important, yeah. but he's on a two-year. He's one of the few that, 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 that they're gonna keep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I. I. You said you like spiked eggnog. I don't have a this or that, but that's just disgusting. I'm sorry. You're not an eggnog guy. Eggnog is the worst thing ever created. If you oh. enjoy eggnog, something is wrong with you. I'm eggnog. I'm an eggnog guy. I didn't like eggnog until like late high school. Like, because I, I was always like, oh, eggnog. That's who wants to drink something called eggnog? And then my girlfriend made me try it the first uh, holidays we were together. And ever since then, I've been up. So Eric Kush agrees with you in the chat. You know, I'll give so, it another Eric. try. I don't think I've had eggnog in years. Maybe I've got the more acquired taste now. You know, I'm older. I've mm-hmm. developed the, the, what's your favorite? What's your favorite liquor? Vodka, probably. Tequila, tequila. I've never tried it with either of those. I, we usually do like a cognac or like something dark. Yeah. With, with eggnog. I don't think it would taste good with anything else. Yeah. But I don't know. I I, I am not, you know. You a bourbon guy? No, God, no. God, no. Yeah, yeah. We got Dave wants that comes in our studio every Thursday and he drinks like it's it's their it's their thing that they drink bourbon on on set, which is actually awesome. I love that they drink during the show. It's amazing. Uh, but they're always asking me if I want it. And I'm like, fuck that. I should, that shit's disgusting. Like, I don't have the I'm sure when I'm 45 and I'm sitting on the couch yelling at the next Bears quarterback. Yeah, I'll probably want some bourbon at that point. But yeah, uh, not not right now. Are you? There's no way. No. Nah. Yeah. Not nah, my really. not my taste. Not my taste. Uh we gotta do quick bowl predictions and game predictions before we head out of here. Uh again, Bears Bills. You know, it's interesting. Bear, the Bills back to football now. I know we kind of went off the tangent there with some some holiday stuff. Eight of the Bills' last 10 games have been one score games. And it's really interesting. Like, again, you know, the Bills are eleven and three. But do they feel like the same dominant Bills as you expected, or as you saw in the beginning of the year? Because they don't, in my opinion. Like they don't. Like they're they're a good football team. They're a top three team in the league. But they don't. They don't get that feel of dominance. That same feel of dominance as they did early in the year. Do you agree? 
Weren't they just in a close game with the Lions, like not too long yep, ago? Yeah, they, they beat the Lions by three. They just beat the Jets yeah. by a touchdown. They beat the the the, uh, the Dolphins by three. You know, they're very beatable, especially with this defense. Um, Josh Allen is still prone to mistakes and, and turnovers, so you know he's going to run the ball a lot, force a turnover here or there. You're going to be in the game, and I mean, outside of Gabe Davis has been good. Dawson Knox is good. But, like, outside of Diggs, there's no one that worries you on the offense. All of the running backs, yeah, Hennessy is is absolutely what, uh, <laughs> what I put in it. Um, and Hennessy is gross on its own. So you really got to – you got to kind of just tough through that uh, and put – you know, make it – you got to mix it well. But I would take uh, – I would say the Bills are not worrisome on that offensive side. They just have one of the best quarterbacks and playmakers in the league. And he's experienced at this point, too, playing in, in cold weather games and just late season games. Um, but, I mean, James Cook is a solid back. Uh, Singletary is okay. Um, is Naheem Hines their, their other one? Yeah. I mean, he's a he's only a returner those, for them right now, though. No, 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 none of those guys, you know, really worry you. So the Eagles offense is better. 100%. And you saw what they were able to do against them. You know, and I think it's going to be, oh, man, I hope Jalen Johnson plays. Now, it's unfortunate. So he's dealing with a broken thumb. He's going to, if he's going to play, he's going to have to play with a club, which is like mm-hmm. a secondary player playing with a club. Like, that's, that's, that's a hard thing to do. No pass interference penalties for him, hopefully. You know, yeah. you know I, can't, I can't grab. Uh, but, you know, I was so looking forward to that Diggs Johnson matchup because of. You know, that, that matchup with JJ Brown or AJ Brown versus Jalen Johnson was so good last week. Like those were just two all pros going at it. And it was so mm-hmm. fun to watch. Um, and it was interesting because you finally saw a quarterback target Jalen Johnson. And it's like, oh, now that they're targeting him, he finally showing up on the statue. He's finally, you know, people are finally recognizing the name. Because in these other games, teams are just they know that the other corners on the Bears haven't been great or really they've been able to find spots in that defense, uh, you know, when they're in zone. And they haven't thrown at Jalen Johnson. Like, that's in the storyline of his career is they have not thrown to him. But when he's put on the island and when teams throw to him, I remember there was a matchup last year in a game where he and Devontae were going at it, and he was locking Devontae down for a majority of the game. Like, you're going to start to notice. So I think this is another week where if he plays, Josh Allen's going to target Stephon Diggs as, as he usually does. He's not going to be scared mm-hmm. of Jalen Johnson. He's going to throw the ball, and Jalen Johnson's going to have another opportunity to say, hey, you know, I'm him. I'm, I'm him against one of the better receivers in the league, uh, and I can make plays. So. Uh, Marina Sands says the Eagles carved your defense up. Uh, yeah, they did, but through two interceptions, did they? Defense, they, 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 uh, they certainly didn't on the ground from a rushing standpoint. They certainly did not. Miles Sanders was not efficient at all. Uh, and I wouldn't say they carved them up. To be honest, in the chunk play, a, a couple chunk plays at Devonta Smith where they carved us up. But the plays mm-hmm. to A.J. Brown were great defense, and they just yeah. threaded it right in there. Yeah, those were great throws and, and great job by AJ just tracking the ball. Um, that's just a, an elite receiver and a very good uh, approaching elite status quarterback in Jalen Hurts just making plays. I mean, it's going to happen. So I wouldn't say they carved us up, no. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say they carved us up. That's a weird take. They didn't even score that many points in the game. Like, I don't who is this it, it, Marina Sands? I don't know. I don't know, but they certainly weren't moving the ball with ease the entire game. Like the like the Bears were the Bears made it things look difficult for, for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, they shut him down on, on fourth down yeah. once, if not twice. And and that was a I mean, AJ Brown was clamped on that fourth down stop. <sighs> Jalen Johnson had him in hell. And you know, as Over Marina Sands, yards, it doesn't matter. Like those like this is why I hate when the broadcast uh they put up like Fox always, you know, the team ranks, and they're like, oh, you know, this team is, you know, blank and, and this. It's like, yards don't matter. I don't, like, yards they don't just matter. don't. They don't. If you're not, if you're, if, if you're not getting a lot of yards, but you're scoring points, awesome. I don't give a shit in how many yards. If, if you're, if you're allowing a lot of yards, but they're not scoring, awesome. And that's probably what the Bears defense is going to be. They're a defense that is built on takeaways. You're gonna. They might get down on the field on you. You're not gonna let them score a touchdown. You're gonna get a takeaway, right? Like that's what the Bears defense might be for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. yards don't matter. Don't don't throw that at me unless it's like 550. Then they matter at that point. Uh, bold predictions in this one again. Bears Bills Saturday Christmas Eve. Seven negative 17 degree weather at Soldier Field. You got anything bold for us here, Kellen? 
Jake Capone to Don's going with a brisker sack this game. Jake Capone to Don, one of our fellow loyal listeners in the chat. He says brisker sack. Um, I'm going to say Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery get in the end zone. Is that a bold prediction? I'd say, I'd say I sure. That, that's over. relatively bold. Okay. Considering how run. much Justin Fields like gets in the end zone and takes not takes touchdowns away, but when your right. quarterback is a threat, he often scores in the red zone. Um, and I'm sure they're going to, like I said, they're probably going to want to avoid that with him cramping up at the end of the game and it being very cold. True. And him, him obviously being the answer going forward. So. Okay. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go I'm along the lines of Jacob Ponton. I think Brisker gets an interception. We, we, we've seen Josh Allen be a little bit careless with the – what's that careless with the ball? Again, here's the thing about interceptions. He, he's pretty this. careless. He's very arrogant. He has, he has arm arrogance, and he, yeah. he has a strong arm. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, like, and this is why you – know, again, I tweeted this. I was, I was comparing – everyone got on my ass about it. I was comparing Justin Fields' interceptions to Josh Allen's and Patrick Mahomes, and you know they're right there. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you're scoring points and winning the game. Like again, it doesn't matter. Like it, it can become a problem if if it's causing to losses and it's happening in critical moments and it's too frequent. But if a guy's throwing twelve interceptions in a year, and you're still ending up like twelve and five or, or you know thirteen and four, like the Bills might, and still top mm-hmm. offense in the league, it doesn't matter. It really it's 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 a glorified punt in most scenarios. Like that's it's that's yeah. it's exactly what it is. So, but I wouldn't call him cares with the ball, but he just throw the ball around a lot and. Arm arrogance is a great way to put it. When you know you have an arm that strong, you're going to try things a little bit, you know, you know, more difficult than what others are willing to try. And I think it's going to be a tip pass interception. Jalen Johnson's going to tip it, intercepted by Jaquan Brisker. There you go. Cool. That's a little more detailed for uh, for how bullet's going to be. Game predictions as it currently stands. We're coming the final three weeks of the season here. We got I haven't updated the viewers and the listeners on where we stand with. Record predictions so far. Uh, I think Jake is still leading. Let me pull up the post. All right, so we all picked the Eagles last week. I got I got really cold because I picked the games in a couple. I picked the Bears in a couple games that I shouldn't have. Jake Hassan, ten and four, doing well. Jake Hassan, Kevin Lapkin, myself, eight and six. Kellen Garenstein, seven and seven. You've crawled your way back. You had a rough start. You've crawled your way back. Critical moment. You're gonna lose all. All validity as a predictor. If you don't get this one right this week, Kellen, Bears-Bills, what is your official game prediction? Uh, Bills, uh, 24. Bills, 24. Bears, 14. So not a one-score game, huh? Nah. So the Herbert and Montgomery touchdowns are the only ones being scored for the Bears. No Justin Fields touchdowns in this one? Yeah. Okay. That's a bold that's, prediction in itself. That's a bold prediction it? itself. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I don't... <sighs> hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm really wrong. Yeah, I hope you are too. Um, I'll say it. I said it last week, I'll say it again. I would not be surprised if the Bears somehow won this game. Like, I just wouldn't. Like, it almost happened last week. Who do play next week? Uh, yeah, you might get a situation of looking past you. Um, Another Bengals. Dolphins. Oh, the Bengals. Oh, you're right. On Monday night. Yeah. It's not a division uh, rival. You know, that's a big game, though. I mean, those are game. your second determine... and third best quarterbacks in the AFC right now. Those are your non-Mahomes best quarterbacks. Unless you throw Herbert in there, which, you know, Herbert's amazing, but Burrow has been uh, insanely good. If the Chiefs lose a game and the Bengals beat the Bills, the Bengals would end up with the number one seed in the AFC, assuming they win the rest of their games. Because the Bills have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, and the Bengals have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, and would have the tiebreaker over the Bills if they won. So, yeah. you're right. Maybe they are looking ahead. Again, I, I, the ball bounces weird ways. You know, it's 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 not even out of the question. Weirder things have happened in the NFL. Way weirder things have happened. The Texans should have beaten the Chiefs and the Cowboys the last two weeks. They should have won both of those games. Imagine if they did, and the Bears had the first overall pick. 
Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But I'm gonna do yeah. it. Uh, oh wow! I'm gonna do it. I haven't done it this month. I haven't done it this year, Kellen. I haven't picked the Bears. Like I picked them to beat the Patriots, which was outraged at the time, and that happened. I picked them to beat the Packers a couple weeks ago. I don't. That's not my fault. Okay, I don't. I don't blame that on me. <laughs> I've been right a lot of the times that I've picked the Bears to win games that they shouldn't win. I'm picking them to beat the Bills. I, like, I couldn't even give you an explanation. Like, I think Justin Fields is, again, it, transcendent of, uh, of the players that is on the field, on his side of the ball, transcendent of the defenses against him. He is going to be able to make plays. I think he rushes for a touchdown and throws for a touchdown. I think it's a tighter game. Like, I, I think if they were to win this game, like, I don't, I don't know if you're getting into a shootout with them. Uh, it's still a high scoring. I think the Bears win this game 26 to 24. Uh, Missed extra points somewhere along the way from Kyra Santos because he's been missing a lot. I don't. I just think they they somehow come away with it. Again, weird things happen in the NFL. It's been a couple of weeks since something really weird has happened. We've seen mm-hmm. flash. We've seen things get close to being weird again with the Texans. I think things finally get weird. Weird time of the year. I don't know. I, it's what do I have to lose? Bears beat the Bills twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, what did I say? Twenty-six to twenty-four. Twenty-six That's twenty-four. Love it. Well, there's a lot online. If I get it wrong, then you're tied with me in the records. So this is uh, this is significant for me. But I'm going out on the limb, and I'm doing the Bears fans a favor. Again, the last time I did this was the Patriots game. We won. So you're welcome. You might see a Bears win on Christmas Eve. And that's all That's all I want for Christmas. Bears win. That's all I want. Do we do we move down in the draft if we win? I don't Oh, I don't yeah, we move down. We move down we like do? five picks, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a far fall, but I wanted to take that risk if it means we beat the Bills on Christmas Eve and I get to wake up Christmas morning to that joy. Okay, but if everyone else loses, okay, so Denver is four. And, so we're three and eleven. Denver, LA, and Arizona are all four and ten. Indianapolis is four and nine. Uh, Denver is playing. Oh, they're playing the Rams, right? So one of yep. those teams is on gonna, Christmas. One of those teams is going to have 11 losses. Okay. I don't know how that tiebreaker would go, but we'd still be third. And then the Cardinals would also have to lose if we won. And they play someone else bad. Was it the Buccaneers? Cardinals for the Bucks. But Trace McSorley is starting. <laughs> Weirder things have happened, man. Weirder things Imagine, have happened. I mean, shit. Bruh, I know Kyle Shanahan is a coach, but Brock Purdy just went out and supremely outplayed Tom Brady. Uh, and I know he has a much better team and, a, I guess, a better coach. but A much better coach. Yeah. But yep. there you have it. Taking the Bears. Why not? Gillum's taking the Bills. He's lame. He's boring. He's going with the, going with the pundits. I'm pretty sure like 99% of analysts or whatever you want to call them. Have the Bears, power the Bills. I guess I'm not an analyst because I'm picking the Bears. But uh, again, appreciate all you guys in the chat. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Best wishes from all of us here at Bears Nation Podcast. Myself, uh, Kellen, and Jake wishing you all our best. We will be back for a recap episode of this game probably on Monday. I'll be around on Monday. I don't know if Kellen will. Maybe I'll do a solo show, but it is the day after Christmas. So um, we'll ne- we never know. And then Bears do have uh, a game after that that we will be there for a preview episode of. Maybe we'll do some Bears therapy. We'll be around here for you. Bears Podcast. Be sure to follow, like, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for tuning in. Happy holidays. See you next week. Miss Carol. Miss Carol.